All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. You're listening to New Tech City, and I'm your host, Manoush Samarodi. And to kick off 2014, we want to bring you an internet mystery. There was this puzzle. It started off very small. And then as I delved deeper and deeper, it became more and more complex. It had an international flavor to it. And that's what kind of piqued my attention. Journalist Chris Bell was one of the first people, in the mainstream media at least, to report on an internet puzzle called Cicada 3301. Hundreds of thousands of people have taken part and tried to solve it. Chris's story in The Telegraph tracks a puzzle that had hackers and codebreakers around the world working all hours to solve a series of incredibly complicated and obscure online challenges. It was a real quest. No one knows who created these challenges or why, and the mystery still baffles the underside of the Internet. But we found someone who did solve the puzzle, we think. It all started two years ago in January 2012, when, as Chris explains, a message was posted online. It started off with a simple black square image with white writing on, released on an obscure message board. The message simply read, Hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There is a message hidden in this image. Find it, and it will lead you on the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck, 3301. And I think why this has been so popular with thousands of people is it started off small, and then the deeper you got into it, the more complex, the more difficult, and the more international, actually, it became. I didn't uh, think it was more than some random kid playing games or, or something. I mean, I didn't think it would be that advanced at first. I found Joel by finding out people who'd got further in the puzzle than I could. Okay, so my name is Joel Eriksson, and I work as a computer security researcher in Uppsala, Sweden. So what I looked around for is people who'd, who'd made the attempt, took on the challenge. I was just browsing around the internet and I found this message. This puzzle originated on a, on a website called 4chan and that's where it all started. It blossomed out and went across thousands of other websites after that. I wasn't really looking for anything at the moment. But it started off in a very kind of dark backwater of the internet. When I saw that message and that image, I, I got quite curious. And so did thousands of the other people who were surfing 4chan, that message board popular with hackers, including one talented high school student. I've been fiddling with encryption since I was little. He doesn't want us to use his real name, so we'll call him what his puzzle-solving friends call him. My internet handle is technology. Uh, I'm a senior from Bay Area, California. That's technology with two Ks, and an eye at the end. He went about solving the puzzle at the same time as Joel, 8,000 miles away in Sweden. The two have never met or spoken with each other, 
that they ended up being competitors in this mysterious race, each stumbling on it at about the same time. I was in the robotics lab, and my friend called me over. He was on uh, 4chan because he was bored, and he saw this image in uh, in a thread, and you know, kind of called over all the programmers to uh, see what we could all make of it collectively. At first, I, I just tried to analyze the image file for any hidden data. And after we decoded the image... I found uh, some text that was scrambled or encoded. It said, Tiberius Claudius Caesar says, and then a string of scrambled characters. And the fact that they used uh, a reference to Caesar is kind of a hint that they are using a Caesar cipher. By Joel Erickson's standards, a Caesar cipher was kid stuff, a coding technique from the Roman Empire that shifts over letters of the alphabet by a few places. But it was also a signal that this was going to be fun, a puzzler with some style, sending out curious clues. It drew him in. And when he solved it, it sent him to a link on a website. A URL to another image. It was a picture of a duck. That image contained a message where it said that uh, that was only a decoy. And it said, you know, whoops, just decoy this way. It looks like you can't guess how yes. to get the message out. Out, out, out. The thing is, there is an application. This tool called Outguess. Outguess. It's a steganography tool. It allows you to hide text or other data in an image and then take it out again. And there was this text that said, here is a book code. To find the book and more information, go to this URL. At that point, I probably hadn't been looking at it more than, let's say, an hour or so, because it wasn't real that hard in the beginning. It got harder and it got more complicated with each step, so I, I got gradually more fascinated by the whole thing, because I, well, I like challenges. So this wasn't just for your typical puzzle solver. The challenges were built to attract and addict a different kind of player. Here's our journalist, Chris Bell, again. Normally, if you talk about, you know, stereotypical internet puzzle solver is you're kind of slightly nerdy guy living in his mum's basement crunching numbers. However, the level of sophistication and different skill sets you needed to solve these puzzles required people other than them. When you get into poetry, when you get into classical music, when you get into um, Anglo-Saxon ruins or Mayan numbers, it's not just these people who can solve these puzzles. They reach out to other people. So the people behind and trying to solve the Cicada 3301 puzzle was a wide span of people. It had to be, or it would never have been solved. For me, even though I was curious about who was these 3201 guys and who was these Cicada people, I was more interested in just uh, being able to finish the challenge for myself. So while Joel was in it for the sheer joy of the mental challenge... Yeah, I get, I get pretty, pretty obsessed. Technology, though, was in it to win. He started looking around the online message boards and began to strategize. I just kind of figured out who was contributing the most actual information, the most uh, actual facts. And he picked out who he thought was the best of the best. And I messaged all of them and said hey guys, we seem to be contributing the most, you know, we should probably just go from here with just us and get ahead of the rest. From there, we formed a group of around 10 people that I would finish the rest of the puzzle with. At this point, 
the tasks get much more intricate, more elaborate. All that the hunters know is that this Cicada 3301 is trying to attract intelligent people for something. And then things escalate. The puzzles move from obscure websites for hackers to more popular message boards like Reddit. When I followed the Reddit link, it had a number of encoded messages in it. And it also had some Maya numerals in the title. Lines and characters from this book. And that was actually a so-called book cipher. And so if you put those together, you get this kind of nonsensical message. So you take the numbers in that code, which is actually line numbers and column numbers, and you apply that to the text that you got from the Reddit thread. And when they decoded that, it became an excerpt from a a pre-Christian medieval Welsh manuscript. We realized that, oh my gosh, this is this old, old English text. (laughs) And it's basically a poem about King Arthur called The Lady of the Fountain. So to know anything about that and to be able to spot that and find it and use it as a source to find the next piece of the puzzle, you've got to have a pretty deep level of esoteric knowledge. When we we got there, we were absolutely, like, chopping at the bit. And they were about to meet the first big twist. When it really started intriguing thousands of people was when they decoded, using this ancient Welsh poem, they found a telephone number. That was, uh, that was crazy. Try again. Try with all possible ways of communications. Try with the radio, too. And the telephone number, though it's now disconnected, for, was for a number in Texas, and it led to an answer machine. Very good. You have done well. There are three prime numbers associated with the original final dot JPEG image. 3301 is one of them. You will have to find the other two. And good that luck. puzzle leads Goodbye. to a website with an ominous countdown. And there was this picture of a cicada, the, the bug, with a countdown to this sometime. It said that, okay, come back here this date, and we will give you the next step. And then on Monday, the site changed to this list of coordinates. Those GPS coordinates were in the U.S. and France. Uh, Moscow, Warsaw, Hawaii. And uh, South Korea and Australia. All around the world. Where someone had taped posters to lampposts at certain GPS coordinates. Now, from that point, people realised it wasn't just some weird guy in his mum's basement, perhaps in Texas, who'd set this all up. But, it, you know, it needed a, an international community of organised people, intelligent people, to put this puzzle together. And so we, we were both in awe at the reach of this puzzle, how it kind of crossed the boundary between internet and physical. But, you know, we, we were a little bit worried about what we were getting into at that point. So as the puzzle spreads into the physical world, the codebreakers start to wonder, what are the stakes of this game? Is it just a game? And the question shifts from what is it to who is it? A government spy agency? And if so, which one? Or maybe a hacker collective like Anonymous. Others thought it was a business like Google or Microsoft. Any of those could make sense. After all, all of these groups are always competing for the top hacking talent out there to try and get them to work for their team. My first thought was, it's such a sophisticated and complex 
puzzle, it must be someone with money and time, like an organization. It has to be a recruitment tool. There were some thoughts that it was like French Secret Service, because one of the clues was near the French Secret Service building. We didn't know what was going on. Why would the NSA recruit people by first going to 4chan to do it? Or is that where the best code breakers are these days? You know, are we behind the curve? Should security services like the NSA, like MI6, should they not be looking to Oxford's, Cambridge's, Harvard's, Yale's, but instead looking to the, the depths of the internet where people are breaking codes for fun? You know, as far as we could tell, they just wanted some people that were good at, you know, cryptography or puzzle solving or something like that. If, for example, a government organization was behind this, it wouldn't be the first time. Back in 2010, uh, America's Air Force Cyber Command, now they're your, your official hackers, they released a puzzle to the internet. You know, they released a new logo for Cyber Command. Embedded in it was a hexadecimal code. And the head of Cybercom publicly challenged the internet to solve this puzzle. It took them about 20 minutes, I think, because it was a very simple puzzle. So that shows how complicated maybe Cicada 3301 is. And we really didn't know who we were dealing with, why, you know, why there wasn't just some standard puzzle outreach like most companies do. The appearance of the Cicada motif seems to be hugely important. It started appearing um, a bit like the moth motif in Silence of the Lambs and all the Thomas Harris novels. Um, it's very important in itself. The cicada is an insect, I didn't know this, that emerges from its burrow every prime number of years. It does this to avoid predators and being eaten. So the cicada imagery is embedded within the puzzle itself. It's about prime numbers, but it also became this visual motif, for example, when the posters were found on lampposts in these locations around the world. People knew they were on the right track because they saw the Cicada logo. This is when Joel Erickson in Sweden realizes he can't continue solving this puzzle on his own. I thought, perhaps you could figure this thing out without actually being physically at one of those places. So I started looking at Google Street View, but there didn't seem to be anything that you could figure out. So I tried to look for other people that were looking at this challenge. Some of the people got really creepy and they found out the address of someone who worked right across the street from one of the physical clues. And so they called him. This It was this doctor. And the doctor went up, you know, answered the call, was kind of freaked out, and then hung up. So he wouldn't walk across the street to take a picture of what was taped to a lamppost, a QR barcode posted under a picture of a cicada. And so someone from technology's team would have to go on a little road trip and scan it him or herself. It's important to point out here that technology was depending on his teammates, teammates who he was in constant communication with, but he didn't even know some of their real names or much about them. One of our guys disappeared for a few days in search of a QR code. We thought, oh my God, this just got real. He might be dead. And it turned out that he was just visiting his sister or something. We, we didn't really know what was going on, so we freaked out. Eventually, a team member in Australia drove to a lamppost, scanned the barcode image printed out on that flyer, and found the next link. The puzzles kept going, each one layered with hints about who might be behind it all. There was a code embedded into a famous cyberpunk poem by William Gibson called Agrippa. Famous because when it was first published, it was released on a floppy disk 
designed to erase itself after one reading. So code after code, Joel and technology's team and thousands of others kept cracking, deciphering, searching and guessing. At one point, technology's group even began sabotaging other groups by posting fake leads. Yeah, it did turn out to be completely false clues from us. This was several weeks into the hunt, the end of January 2012, and it was getting more intense, not less. Here's journalist Chris Bell again. Basically, once the puzzle got to a certain point and people had solved it, it went to a place called the Darknet, or what's nicknamed the Darknet. Um, it's a place that Google doesn't reach, basically, where there are um, various nefarious people, but also people who just want privacy and don't want to be on the grid, as it were. And once they got to that point, they were told to go to a certain website, and after a certain number of people reached this website, the website closed down. first year was the end of the puzzle. So thousands of people who were pursuing this challenge, pursuing this puzzle, were suddenly cut off and left in the dark. The end all happened so fast that poor Joel Erickson in Sweden slept through it. No loyal teammates to wake him up. If he had been in a different time zone, he might have been awake to enter in an email address at a secretive website. Instead, he had to read a needling Dear John letter posted on Reddit. A simple message was placed on uh, the Reddit message board that read, Hello, we have now found the individuals we sought. Thus, our month-long journey ends for now. And the website went quiet. But what about the people who made it through? At least ten did the whole group working with our high schooler, Technology. Each of them entered in an email address through the dark web, through something called Tor, for those of you planning on following along at home. And then they waited and watched their inboxes. And people got emails, each with individual numbers. And then if you go to the website slash your number, it shows a message, and the message only comes once per number. Once you go to that web address, you can't go to it again. The puzzles go on, getting even more difficult. And remember, the point of this hunt appears to be a winnowing and weaning down of a talented hacker pool to find not just the best, but also a certain kind of nimble Renaissance cryptographer. So one puzzle had a photo from an old handwritten book, something that required excellent research skills to locate and text that can't be read by a computer. So we all had to decipher these letters from this scanned-in book that's old as I don't even know. They got a 112-digit-long prime number to factor, something that required another new skill, brute-force computing power. So we had to um, rent this incredibly high-powered server from Voxel, which is a little bit ridiculous, but the whole process only took about seven hours and cost $8. So we didn't really sweat that. There was a music puzzle. The solution involved converting a song into a database of notes and then extracting a message, naturally also in code. And if you decode it, you make this message that says, very good, you've proven to be the most dedicated to come this far to attain enlightenment. 
create a GPG key for your email address and upload it. All right, the, the instructions here are just about Greek to me, and they don't matter much for our story, except to show that the vetting process keeps getting more and more thorough. And the hunters left are the ones who are talented at cryptography and research. Sign it with your key, send the ASCII armored ciphertext. And also at collaboration and teamwork. So it was a surprise when the message turned the puzzle personal. Everyone left got their own keyword and an invitation to log in to a new website. So they obviously were doing this on a person-by-person basis. So during this final stage of a month-long crypto scavenger hunt, technology starts getting personal emails and correspondence, while the rest of the code breakers are left wondering, where did the winners go? Yeah, uh, no one really knows. (laughs) In fact, before we talked to technology and some other of his teammates online, Nobody had really published details about what happened at this phase. Again, here's journalist Chris Bell. Part of the intriguing thing is these people got through to this final stage, whether it was a recruitment for whatever, and they've deliberately not spoken about what's happened to them since. And our curious Swede, Joel Erickson, was left with scant clues after weeks of work. Just a few rumors on the message boards. No one really knows, <laughs> but uh, there, there were some final tests to select the few that were accepted into Cicada or, or, or whatever. You had to answer questions of what interest you had in encryption, why you wanted to be a part of this. Uh, it, it was sort of a weird personality thing, but I, I, I guess I was one of those people. Not that technology knew what exactly one of those people meant at this point. Just that he had passed something kind of like a personality test. And he didn't get creeped out by the fact that there was one to begin with. So, what was the point of it all? Well, here's what we know. On this February 6th, they sent us email saying we, there would be no more puzzles. And he, they gave us directions to log on to another third address um, where we got usernames and passwords. And on this web portal, there was a chat system, a forum system and a bunch of things set up so that we could all communicate. I guess their goal for us was to have this elite programmer society where we would make encrypted or anonymous services that would serve everybody. We would make this open source software to better the world somehow. A utopian crypto software collective. Or at least so it seemed. But technology doesn't really know. I'm not entirely sure what came of that because we all kind of lost interest and didn't really know what to do. Uh, And then I had a job, so I gradually stopped paying attention. Alas, solving one of the world's most elaborate puzzles might mean you have the chops to write some great code, but it doesn't mean you want to sign on and do it for somebody else. I didn't like how how easy it was just to kind of fall out of it at the end how we all just lost interest and didn't participate. Although I do think it's probably better off left alone because we don't really know who the people are. Anticlimactic? Maybe. But also it makes total sense, assuming that really was the end of the road and not just another test to winnow out more code breakers. And we really don't know. And we don't know if other solvers did sign on to the next phase of making software. That's totally possible. But as we learned from technology's choice at the end, recruiting through a grand puzzle quest 
requires more than just attracting the top talent. It also requires attracting the right personality types with the right belief systems and interests and even life situations to fit whatever the final project is, whether it's a spy agency or a business or a utopian secret society. And so, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again with a different set of puzzles and a different test. Then, a year to the day the first one started, on January the 5th, 2013, it started again. And another message appeared in a similar way, uh, written on a white lettering on a black square, saying, our challenge starts again. There's a large chance that they will release another challenge now in the beginning of 2014. I'm looking forward to see what happens. The internet's kind of holding its breath, really, to see if a new set of puzzles, ever more sophisticated, using ever more different sets of skills and knowledge, will materialise on January the 4th. So that's what we know about Cicada 3301. We'll be watching again to see what happens this time around, if the puzzle hatches again for a third year. And so many of us go to the internet every day for answers. Isn't it kind of beautiful that it can also be a place to discover deep mysteries? To me, this story is also a fascinating portrait of people who don't care so much about the whys of the world, but who care very deeply about the hows, how to solve puzzles, how to harness the brain power of their peers, and find meaning in seemingly random numbers and letters. They relish the challenge in and of itself. They are totally in the moment. May we all experience just a little bit of that kind of excitement and total absorption in something, anything, in 2014. A huge thank you to Chris Bell, who wrote about this story in The Telegraph, Joel Erickson in Uppsala, Sweden, and to Technology, spelled with two Ks and an I at the end. We've got a link to Chris's article on our website, where we've also posted some images of the cicada clues and a bit more about what we learned for those of you who are ready to geek out on the next hunt, if it happens. That's all at newtechcity.org. And as always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes for more stories like this one. From the New Tech City team, a very happy new year. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City.